Coming up on this Blizzard episode of Don't Panic, we've got a lot of tech news to talk about, including Google launching their own wireless service, uh, a lot of announcements from Microsoft, including HoloLens. Mmm, sounds fancy. We also talk about a dongle no one needs and the end of SkyMall. It's a fun episode of Don't Panic. We've got a great guest and a lot of snow, so stick around, because Don't Panic's coming up next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 80, reported January 26th, 2015, on Google Wireless, Project Spartan, and the HoloLens. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a blizzard-cold episode of Don't Panic, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined, as always, by the man with the master plan. He would, of course, be... Mr. Dan Miller, but Dan, we've got someone special here with us tonight. Yeah, uh, welcome, my friend Mike, to the show. Don't panic. Welcome, Mike. Hello, thank you for having me. It's it's our pleasure. Uh, Mike excited. is a unique technology user. His primary uh, computer is a Chromebook, and when he's not using that, he's using Linux. But he was not a computer science major, so it's pretty interesting. Oh. Not far from it, but no, maybe far from it. <laughs> Human resources, <laughs> computer science. Yeah, I mean, similar, I guess. Yeah, computer science really is the science of humans. It doesn't actually have that. I'm just joking. Yeah, uh, no. But no, it probably is probably more similar than people like to believe. True, closer than like a gym teacher or something. So <laughs> we've, we've, we had a school teacher on the show before. Oh. Not a, not a gym teacher yet. No, no, we're working our way up though. We've had a no, lot of physical physical education. Yeah. We've had well, we've had a an airport gate agent. We've had a uh, college a, student, a masters of English studying person, uh, yeah. TJ. Yeah, TJ uh, was on the show. We 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 had a Fulbright scholar from Vietnam on the show. So that's true. We, we've had next year. Next year, we'll be interviewing Obama at the White House as part of the YouTube Star series. And we'll ask the tough questions. <laughs> yeah. We won't, none of this light YouTube, no selfies, all right? This is real hard news. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thanks both of you guys for being here and all our fans out there. We'll remind you we do the show every, yes, go ahead, Dan. If they invited us to the White House, they, I don't know if you watched that YouTube video where the, the people interviewed him, uh, they had them bring their sets or set up a set behind where they're filming the interview that made it look like what their YouTube channel was, I guess. What would our set be? Uh, my mom's basement. <laughs> That's probably what a it would be, Dan. Patriots flag and... In the corner, uh, my, my, my old, IBM, old monitor. IBM monitor. Yeah, just, just whatever <laughs> junk was lying around. Yeah, we're virtual, Dan. We don't have sets. Yeah, that's maybe your unmade bed. I don't know. We have homely, <laughs> homely sets. Yeah, the first couple months of the show, I made my bed before we had the show, and I have I've given up on that for at least a year now. I think. Yeah, you can see the slow progression of Dan just giving up. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's it's why people tune in every week. I'll we'll I'll never that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's great because you only see me from my torso up. I don't want to know why that's great. Uh, let's let's continue on because we've got a lot of tech news to cover. Again, our website, don'tpanic.io, we do it live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern uh, when our power is still working. And you can go to our website, get all the audio, video, past episodes, and link to our social media and where to subscribe. Uh, I'm going to 
remind everyone, Stitcher Radio is a great place to subscribe to our show. Uh, you can stream and download through their ton of mobile apps as well as on their website. So we're a lot of places, but there's one you may not know about. So uh, let's continue on. Uh, Michael, you've been warned of this. Dan knows this. My favorite question of every episode. Guys, what should we talk about first? I definitely know what we should talk about first. Microsoft announcing a whole bunch of stuff. Sean, this is going to be your favorite episode. This is the Microsoft episode. We might not even get to any other stories. And why would we want to? Uh, Because we have a ton of Microsoft news now. This was their big event last week, Uh, their Windows 10 event. Um, And we've got some of the biggest things. Did I end up making a bet about whether they would rename Internet Explorer? I think I might have. And I think I I lost that bet. Mm. Well... We'll jump right to that because there's a lot of news. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft announced a second browser. Now, this goes alongside an Explorer. It's called. Uh, it's currently called Project Spartan, which I can't imagine they're going to keep that name, but that might also be awesome. Um, we'll see. They haven't officially said what they're doing with it. Um, now, I don't know, Dan, if or even Michael, if you guys saw the announcement, I don't understand all the rendering engine stuff that goes in behind it. All they've said is it's a really good rendering engine, so I'm going to have to take their word for it. So, yeah, I haven't actually read anything about uh, the new Internet Explorer. But if they're saying they're using a new rendering engine, then that basically means that uh, Internet Explorer 10 is just as different, or whatever, Spartan is just as different from IE whatever they're on as Chrome is different from IE 10. So it shares no code. It's totally new, totally different. Uh, It could be a totally new experience. Well, certainly what you're going to notice right off the front is a new design for uh, the browser itself. Uh, clean, sharp. We've previewed this on the show in past weeks. There have been some leaks. It's exactly what was leaked. Um, the big highlights are note-taking. So you can use a pen or your uh, mouse to annotate web pages. So you can draw on them, <clears> make <throat> little comments, um, and then send that page to someone else um, with the comments included. You can also save them to your OneNote. What other... Was it the Amazon stuff that recently added that? There's some other thing that you can annotate web pages with, like, drawing on them. I'll look it up. Uh, I think you should. And while you're doing that, I'll continue on. It also includes a reading mode. Now, if you've used any other browser, you're probably familiar with this. Um, I don't know who was first with reading mode. In terms of... I think it was Safari. Because uh, remember, there was that... Uh big hubbub when Safari uh, Apple sometimes does this where they find popular apps and then they just cannibalize their features so there was something called uh, Sherlock and Quicksilver which was basically a spotlight and then uh, Instapaper was sort of rolled into Safari with their reading list thing Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think it was Safari that had that first and in addition to reading mode uh, in Project Spartan, there will also be a reading list, in, same concept, that syncs across all your Microsoft devices, uh, including your Windows phone and your other Windows computers, uh, anything that uses this browser. Um, third major feature, Cortana search integrated into Spartan right in your URL bar. Um, it does not only text search, but it also does the voice search as is with Windows 10, um, and it also does context searches as well. So if you search for the weather, it will give you the weather right in your URL bar without you having to actually click enter and go to a website. Mm. Same for directions and uh, open table for restaurant reservations, things like that. 
Um, That's all, cool. It's all How part will of Cortana's it know? integration. Well, it's part of Cortana's integration. So Cortana integrated into Windows 10, um, and it, you give it access to a lot of your things, uh, including your emails and your, you know, very similar to Google Now, where it has access to a lot of your information. So if you type Delta into Project Spartan browser, it may give you your next Delta flight is an example that they used, that they got from your email or from whatever other source. So Cortana will have access to all of your email? If you give it access, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Google Now does that, though, like Sean just said. But, I I mean, I'm an Android guy, and I, I use a lot. And it's even, like, tracking for packages and stuff like that. Google Now has that. So you open it up, and then you know how far it is. It plugs in the tracking number info for you. You don't even have to do it. So Yeah, that stuff is so great. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the it's the reason I would switch to Android. If I were to switch to Android, it'd be because of Google now. It's pretty nice. Well, and that's kind of what's interesting about all of these we collect your data and give it to you better type situations is Google Now is great <laughs> if you're a Gmail user and an Android user and a Android Wear user and uh, Cortana. Yeah, you have works to be like well. fully committed to Google. Exactly. Cortana works well if you're a big OneDrive user, if you're a big OneNote user, if you're a big Skype user, if you're a big, uh, you know, the Windows apps like Maps and Calendar and all that, if you're big into that, uh, Exchange and, and Hotmail, Outlook, um, those things as well. So uh, it, you really have to buy in to the environment to get the full experience, but you are going to be able to get at least some things out of it, um, including searching locally on your PC, which if you've used in Windows recently, it's adequate, not great. So. <laughs> so hopefully this will do a better job of getting you that information you search for. And speaking of searching, more OneDrive stuff. Yes, more OneDrive stuff. So uh, I I don't know if you guys use a lot of OneDrive. You guys are all Mac users. You don't come on. What is this OneDrive? Uh, OneDrive. Yeah, we've got. One. He is firmly in the Google Drive camp, right? Me? Yes. Yeah. 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 Now I'm I'm like pretty much fully integrated into Google just because of the way Android kind of makes it. So, And uh, it might shock you, Sean. I don't think I actually use any of these. Like, really, really use them. I open my Dropbox. I have some stuff in my Dropbox. I access it very rarely. And I have, like, shared documents in my Google Drive that I use all the time. But I, for my personal stuff, I don't ever put things in Google Drive. At work, everyone is supposed to sync all their stuff to Google Drive. Uh, as a way, so when you get a new laptop, it just add your Google Drive app and all your files go down, which is super nice. But I've, personally, I've never found like I don't have that much stuff. I have pictures, which I keep in picture picture life, which is great. Picked it before, uh, but other than that, I don't really need anything. Maybe I'm just weird. I have in my Dropbox account right now about 290 gigabytes worth of stuff. Mm. Um, I am a digital pack rat, but the, the single, the single thing that has limited my use of cloud services is when I lived in Poughkeepsie, I had fiber and 25 up to upload files. I now mm. have about one up and <laughs> it's miserable trying to sync your files when you have such a yep. slow upload speed. It's absolutely killer. And so I just get lazy and turn it off. So that's really right. the, the thing that's killed me. Uh, but I have, uh, because I bought office 365, I have, unlimited OneDrive access. Oh. And OneDrive blows. 
<laughs> because it's because it's always to both the former OneDrive, both current OneDrive employees who have been on this show in the past. I uh, listen. I and they say it's gonna be better in ten, and I hope it is. It's not great in eight right now. So, uh, new OneDrive, they're saying, uh, gonna work better across all their devices. You're also gonna include bigger roles for photos and music, uh, music syncing between devices and your photos. You've got cool ways to kind of organize it and play with it and do things like that, all automatically synced to your OneDrive. Cool, Mike. Do you use any of these cloud file services, or? Do you, like, um, store files in Google Drive and sync them to a computer? In college, I did, like, heavily. Um, I, I would always go back between Dropbox and Google, though. But yep. as I got closer to senior year, more people started using Google Drive. Um, plus, you can edit at the same time, which is yep. pretty awesome. So That's think, the killer feature. Yeah. So if you have a OneDrive account can you do these uh can you do the office 365 google drive-esque like file sharing where you're both editing same oh cool yeah yeah now you the other person has to have a microsoft account which i don't know how many people actually have that uh but yes you you can do all kind of the cloud stuff with that as well uh, i've never used it uh so i can't <laughs> i can't vouch for how good it works um but uh yeah okay yeah. And your PC is now your Xbox. Your PC is now your Xbox. This is this is actually really very interesting because a lot of people have said for a long time Microsoft doesn't care about PC gamers. They only care about the <laughs> Xbox, right? So what does Microsoft do? They announced that you can now play your Xbox games streamed over your local network on your PC. Essentially saying, we really don't care about PC gaming. <laughs> We care about Xbox gaming on your PC. No, honestly. Yeah, I was I mean, wondering where you're going with that. That's the exact opposite of a message I think I would want to hear, at least if somebody plays PC games, is why right. why develop a PC game when you can just develop an Xbox game and play it on your PC? Um, well. They're launching an Xbox app for Windows 10. Uh, in addition to streaming those games, as talked about, uh, you'll also get your messages, friends list, activity feed. Uh, you'll be able to chat with people on Xbox Live on your Windows machine uh, and view uh, achievements and videos that you record uh, on your Xbox. In addition to that, with uh, the Xbox app, you'll actually be able to record um, footage from Steam and other PC games that you can then share to your friends on Xbox, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a neat feature. Kind of takes away from Twitch, I guess, right? Somewhat. Yeah, I think I think what's really, if you think about it, what's the gaming social network? There really isn't one. I mean, gamers love, I, at least... Twitch, I guess, would be closest, right? Right, because they have but the streaming that's very, video. very video-based, not necessarily commenting and... Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, there was this thing called X-Fire. Uh, X-Fire, did anyone ever use that? Yeah. It was, like, big back in, like, 2003 through 2008, Three. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know what was big before 2003? Um, the two Y2K. big ones were... Sorry? Y2K? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was big before 2003. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the big one was GameSpy. GameSpy.com. Yeah, it was a green website, right? Green, green thing, item. like a Fedora thing yeah. or whatever. And then the MSN Gaming Zone. The MSN Gaming Zone was great. So, some of us read Yahoo, Yahoo Games. 
<laughs> Although Yahoo games, I did play a lot of Yahoo games. You played pool? I used to play pool. Oh all my time. god, all the time. Maybe we played each other in pool and didn't even know it. Maybe. My <laughs> friend actually got banned from that because he was harassing someone or something via text. Yeah. So he got he got banned for like 14 years or something. There are a lot of like, <laughs> I think like five years ago. Five years ago, they gave it back to him, and he like he was all excited about it. <laughs> a lot of strange people on those games, including us. Yeah, we need to we need to do our retro technology show. What what was we need to have your favorite technology that's not around anymore, and then your least favorite technology that's not around anymore. That's what we should do. A special oh, special edition. Special edition when we run out of news. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I'll have. We'll we'll have to do that on the week of WWDC because I'm sure there won't be any news. So, you want to do it the week before, I think. The week before, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no yeah. leaks. We don't care. We're going to talk about old things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've already have talked about the leaks at that point. Hey, my i my iPod Mini was great. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And it was a hand me down from my sister, and it was pink. So, uh-huh. uh, that. Did not help Is it engraved too? No, not engraved, thank goodness. Okay. But I threw it in the microwave, microwaved it, and then got the warranty to give me a new iPod video. So I was happy. Really? Sorry, sorry, Best Buy, please don't sue me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. You pop it in the microwave for like five seconds, and that little error message comes up on the screen, and there's no way to fix it because you literally fried the inside. It smelled like smoke. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Did you ever hear about when uh, sometimes when people's PC components stop working, video cards and motherboards and sound cards. Uh, one of the things you're supposed to do is to put it in the oven and bake it. Uh, yes. Because the solder. Yeah. Melt it, it, it back melts in place. the solder and reseats it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, did I steal your thunder? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's okay. Sorry. The, the guests are entitled to steal my thunder. So do you think anyone's ever going to use streaming an Xbox game to your PC? Especially if it's it's only over the local network. So are you playing it on the PC or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like uh what's Nvidia's thing that they're big into? We we've talked Shield and um Yeah. Well, it's like it's like PS yeah. And Steam PS boxes now. and everyone's trying to do the same. Yeah, the PS uh yeah. PS now. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people are trying the concept. Again, this is interesting to me. But the difference with PS Now is you don't have to own the game to stream it. You can rent it and start playing the full game immediately. The subscription service. Or, yeah. or, or you pay a subscription and you can play all these old games kind of Netflix style. Whereas this, it's just you're just playing an Xbox game on your PC that, and your Xbox is already in your house and you're already there too. But I see the, the only place I really see the value in this is on mobile devices, so on a tablet. If if you could, you know, if you have a big gaming PC, you're probably not going to stream games from your Xbox. But I think right. the casual person, even if they, you know, they have smart glass for iOS, um, you know, I don't know if the, the technology works well enough, but they could hypothetically stream it to your iPad or to other types of devices. Uh, so the, the use case is you can't use the TV your Xbox is hooked up to, so you play it on a mobile device. Yeah, or it's late at night and you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, so you grab your Surface and you start playing a game. <laughs> or you, or and you have it's multiple. Like 4 a.m. and yeah, yeah, and rather than sleep, you're playing, you know, whatever. Uh, I can't even name an Xbox game. That's what, what are you playing? Come on, Sean. I, Halo, Halo, uh, Tetris, right? <laughs> Centipede, Missile Command. I don't know. Um, fun games. Uh, let's continue on. We've got a lot of more. We got more Windows news to talk about. We got to talk about Windows 10. Yeah, we've talked about the leaks a ton on the show, so you know a lot of this. But uh, 
new start menu. It's going to expand to a full screen view that looks kind of like the home screen you see now on Windows 8.1, but it's not quite as, it's a little more mixed between the desktop and the current start menu. One example being there is the taskbar at the bottom that stays there even when you're in kind of the full screen app mode, um, kind of bridging that gap between the desktop and the Metro environment. There's also an action center, which provides better access to Wi-Fi options, Bluetooth, and whatever. Um, and the fact that they finally, one of the stupidest things they've ever done, which is Windows 8.1 currently has two settings menus, one in Metro and one in the kind of old traditional desktop environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they finally merged them. Again, way to, way to catch up. I can up. understand why you would do that, though. No, I listen, I, I understand for a first version of a product, but I'm glad they fixed it in the revision. Yeah, um, yeah. There is uh, another feature called Continuum, uh, which when you say you have a surface and you dock it into a keyboard and, and it detects a mouse nearby, it automatically changes to adapt to the situation. Uh, you know, takes the keyboard off screen, knows you have one attached, things like mm. that. Just to, again, bridge that gap with convertibles and, and, yep, that's cool. and things like that. Um, also on the desktop, Cortana, we talked about this. Uh, it's a permanent button in your taskbar with a search box. Uh, it does have the always listening, so you can say, you know, Cortana, you know, it'll do searches. Uh, just, just, just that kind of breathless. That's, that's how you, is hey, that you, how you talk to Siri as well? Uh, I shout at Siri. Hey, Siri! Um, he, it will do spoken or type queries. It'll search your local documents as well as documents on OneDrive. It will also do web links, other suggestions. We've talked about this integration with Skype and, and all of your different Microsoft products uh, as well. It will sync Cortana with both your phone, with all your Windows devices. So if you have settings for Cortana on one thing, it'll learn over time it's you and use the same settings across all your devices. Uh, we also saw Windows 10 for phones. I'm just going to breeze through all of this. Um... It's a little more of a merger between that desktop tablet environment. Um, it's actually different for smaller devices versus your kind of 8-inch plus devices, um, where it kind of organizes the screen differently to better adapt to the situations. Um, it also embraces that unified uh, notifications across all devices, unified apps across all devices, uh, better integrating uh, Skype and other Microsoft products uh, through all devices. Um, that will be coming soon. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for Windows 10. Was it? Was yeah. It... This is this is pretty cool. I'm I'm really excited about the Cortana stuff. I think it. I think it can be great. Um, and I'm because it could always be listening. Is is Cortana always listening? It sounds uh, like yeah. You just I say so. Cortana or whatever it was that you said, and it goes. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Because the other, I th only uh. The Moto X does this on Android, right? Um, well, iPhones do always listening. They're, Only if you have it plugged in. But the Moto in. X will do it always, plugged yes. in or not. Right. And they have to get so, a yeah, separate yeah. special processor to do I that. I think Google now might do that because you, you use the phrase like, OK, Google, and then it, it wakes up. I don't right. know if I that's thought the that same was type of Moto feature. X only, though. Can you do that on your phone? I Yeah. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, you just uh, said it and it didn't go off. For, I know, I know, I know. For some devices, you have to have the Google Search app up and running for it to be listening. It will. Yeah, like I have it on my home screen. Yeah. Right, but so like, you say, like, put okay, your device Google. in sleep. Sleep. Yeah, is oh, great, there we right. go. He did it. But what happens? No, if the not asleep? if it's slept. Right. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Phone, you're, you are not touching your phone. It's over there, and you say the word. Only the Moto X and an iPhone plugged in can do this right now. Yes. And, and so, obviously... I'm much more likely... My computer is always plugged in. That's what it is. Um, and I'm at it. I was at it for a long time today because I work from home. It feels pretty bad. Uh, I am much more likely to do voice searches on my computer. And maybe not more likely, but there's just so many more opportunities. Well, and it's it's in your home. So I think if you're in a public place where you're using your phone, you're not going to say, okay, yeah. Google. That was kind of one of the flaws of Google Glass, right? You didn't want to be that person. But when I'm in my home, like I always have a Bluetooth speaker on playing some kind of music. I always, you know, there, it, it's in your own home. I feel like I'm much more likely, and I've done this with Siri, where I've known there was a sports game going on. I'll say, you know, hey, Siri, what's the score of the Bruins game? And, it'll, you know, <laughs> the Bruins are winning three to two. Uh, and it gives and it gives you the results. So I think that's really an awesome use case is where it's in your home. This is that Amazon Echo speaker we talked about. Right, yeah. As well, where it's that always listening in your home, delivering useful information to you. Um, my interesting sometimes. thing would be, sometimes, yeah, um, would be, can it give actionable notifications without you doing anything? So is your computer all of a sudden out of nowhere with no prompt going to say, uh, Sean, you have to leave now to make your flight. Or, you know, things like that. That's where it gets to a whole nother level for me. Well, you wouldn't want it to say that, but it should definitely pop up like a little a little tool tip or whatever. But what if you're not Does Windows even you? have notifications? Uh, yeah, they do. Toasts. They're called toasts. I swear to God, that's a true thing. And they're the little black things that pop out from the side. That's the what they're called. No, no, no. <laughs> really? Yeah, toast notifications. That's what they're called. In Android, a toast is the little uh, overlay that pops up with like a yes or a no that you can't like close out of without choosing an option. I, I just know in Windows they're called toast. They're toasts. Uh, I, I, I did not name them. Dan doesn't seem pleased. <laughs> no. No. So <laughs> does it have like a does it have a toast center? A toaster, if you will? Uh it they should call it that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, there actually hasn't been a notification center. There will be one in Windows 10. So that'll be one of oh, the new great. features. And it will sync them across all your Windows devices. Ah, I want that so bad. Yeah, but then you have to get a Windows phone. Yeah. I, mean, I don't if... know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull a Colby and uh, get some weird hipster operating system just to be different. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like that always works out perfectly. Yeah. Colby has never regretted doing that. Like that time his phone couldn't make phone calls or receive texts. <laughs> it's not like it's supposed to do that or anything. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the problem with the Firefox phone he got. It was it couldn't uh, actually do any phone things. But it made a great paperweight. So, what more can you ask for? Um, let's continue on. We've still got more news, and really the 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 highlight of the event for some people was I feel like at every one of these events, you do all kind of the traditional, 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 and then you throw something crazy at the crowd at the end, right? You got to get people psyched up. So how about holographic goggles? That's right. They announced the Microsoft HoloLens, um, which is a weird name, but it's a see-through visor that you wear on your head. It's like a headband. And in that visor are two cameras and a bunch of sensors. And using Kinect technology, it knows what the room looks like. And it will project on the visor in front of you things so it looks like it's on the stuff in front of you. So you're looking through it. So, you know, like you can, I'm sure now, like 
Google Glass would project just kind of a flat image in front of your eye. Uh, um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> will project in front of your eye, but this will actually make it look like stuff's on your walls or stuff's on a counter, or it, it's actually more kind of interactive with the world around you than um, other things we saw. Uh, and I'll put the demo video up here on the screen for those of you at home watching the video. Um, we, <laughs> um, it, it's got all kinds of chips in this big old headband, a CPU, a GPU, and a dedicate, one of my favorite things I've ever said, a dedicated holographic processor, which is, I guess, a thing. Um, it's got spatial sound, it's got motion and environmental sensors, it's, it's kind of crazy. So I'll put the video up on here, but let me ask you guys, um, I mean, what... What do we really think about it? The the hollow lens. I mean, is this something you I don't I don't even know where to start. It's so futuristic. But we um, say I don't want to be the naysayer. It's so different the though from technology what's is there to help us go like, further. You know, Google Glass is on its own realm and then, you know, you got Oculus Search with virtual, but virtual and augmented are completely different. You know, they're very similar, but you know, I think they're completely different when one is reacting with your actual environment or the one and the other one is just creating one for you. Yeah, and I think it was think. brilliant that they called it uh, holograms instead of augmented reality. Mm-hmm. That, like, you tell people, oh, it's just like augmented reality they have they glaze over and they start eating their cheetos or whatever it was they were doing you say holograms you can play <laughs> minecraft on your kitchen table now that that is cool and people immediately understand what holograms are supposed to be from star trek and the holodeck and all that stuff yeah it's the demo that sells the product right we saw do you remember when google glass before it was google glass google put out that demo video of the person walking the street and things were popping up in front of them it was the demo that sold the product and i feel like they did a really good job of that because honestly this was live right this wasn't just bs this wasn't just the artist right before it right yeah, I mean, they, they showed a few things on stage. They promised a lot of other things. But I guess everyone who kind of had a hands-on with it was relatively impressed with what it could do, at least in its early stages. Now, this isn't something... I mean, of all the things I've heard it can do, to be able to play Minecraft on your coffee table, and then that is the coolest thing. And they showed that. Yeah. And then you can, like, blow a hole in your own wall and see Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. But it's uh but you know this happens every time the cool demo and then the unfulfilled promise. I was like also, yeah, This thing also I think it solves one of the biggest problems for that I would have with Oculus Rift. Um Oculus Rift is great if you're some lonely, not lonely. If you're just sitting at home by yourself. Um it is not a good party device. And, you know, we see with, like, the Wii that a party device is a great place for technology to be. I think that the iPad and the iPhone, you know, they can all be shared. They're shared experiences in a lot of ways. Uh, you can't do that with Oculus Rift. You have to, like, take the rig off your head and put it on and calibrate it and all that. With this, if mo- you could, like, 
if multiple people people had them, you could all be sharing the same thing happening in the same space. It wouldn't be this weird technolo- technology barrier. Just be this game that you have that everyone can see. That I think this is yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, no. Li- hey, listen. I think it's great. I am all for it. I hope it works out well. Microsoft sells a lot of them. I just, I don't think I could be blamed for being skeptical on this one. I mean, they, they friggin' it's, a, they call it the hollow lens. I mean. <laughs> Which was hollow, the, the way they person. spell it, is a font in Android. Oh, really? <laughs> Holo lens? Yeah. You're the marketing person, Sean. You don't think that's a, a great, great marketing technique? It's such a great name it tells you so much more about what it can do dan you nailed it when you said focusing on holograms as a marketing tool yeah pure genius because it not only sounds awesome but (laughs) it is much more effective than a technical term yeah you know that's why vr has caught on over virtual reality headset or whatever kind of more technical term right it's all about the branding so i think focusing on you know like the holographic processing unit like that just Come on, that sounds so cool. Um, and to be honest, if you stack this up against an Oculus Rift type device, I'm probably going to go with the HoloLens every time. Because mm-hmm. I don't, at least at this stage, have interest in being totally engulfed in another world that doesn't appeal to me. But this idea of making my current life more awesome, you know, they showed things in the demo where. You walk up to a wall, and and on the wall, it's playing a video, and then you can tap it, like, in the air, even though it's not there. Like, that kind of stuff, I really see the the appeal of. Like that limbo area between our life and the Matrix, right? Yeah, it's... I want to make my current life better. I don't want to watch an Oculus Rift movie. You know, like... It's that big difference for me. And, of course, I you know, I see the value in the full-on headset and, and the whole thing, but um, I just think this is such a cool angle. And to be honest, I mean, I at least feel Connect has been pretty successful in what it's attempted to do and its iterations and getting better each time. And I think <clears throat> if any company has the skills and technology to do something as ambitious th- as this, especially with the streak they're on of success, I don't know. Maybe there is a future in HoloLens. Yeah, I mean, the Connect is, yeah, it's an amazing piece of technology where I've seen people be able to take, like, a picture of themselves on one side and create some program where it could figure out the rest of their body without having them to swivel the Connect around. So it's a pretty, I mean, that's also some good software skills, but, you know, it does some cool stuff. You look like you want to say something, Dan. No, 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 I don't. Uh, I've said all I want to say. I'll, I I would get one of these. I would get two of them. <laughs> okay. One for like me, I one for me. I can play Minecraft, and you can just watch with envy. <laughs> wow, that Dan, no one's going to come to your house if your strategy is you have to sit there and watch me have fun with my HoloLens, using your HoloLens. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little better, but okay. You're not, you're not wrong. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. But again, you know, this is no talk of even remotely selling anyone one anytime soon. 
their big announcement was we're working right. with NASA on it. You know, it's Sean, are you just <laughs> holding a Maris mug before? Uh, are you? Are you suggesting I have two mugs? Because that, <laughs> that would be crazy. Who would do such a thing? Why would you have two mugs? Is is one of them vodka and the other one's decaf coffee? Uh, one's decaf coffee, one is water, so you were about half right. I get thirsty during the show and one mug isn't enough. <laughs> That's interesting. Have you always done this? I've done it not every week, but I do it most weeks. So it, it took a guest coming on to notice. So good on you, Michael. Thank you, thank you. For having That's uh... amazing. We never noticed. <laughs> uh, let's let's wrap up this discussion on Microsoft because I do want to get to a few other stories before we wrap for the day. Any final thoughts on Microsoft's big event? Their next one will be the Build Conference in a couple months. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage here on the show as well. Um, wall-to-wall, that's right, Dan. Uh, and more details on Windows Phone uh, there. We didn't hear a lot this time. We'll hear more at Build. Any any thoughts before we move on? No. I already I'm want okay. I want one. I think Microsoft's doing doing great i haven't used Even windows Steve in so Bomber long and so too. who does he bomber yeah, does he today. yeah oh cool or from his uh today, but... the la clippers bullpen or whatever i don't know what they call it they're yeah. actually Press box. they're actually kind of good this year <laughs> they usually suck so i don't maybe two billion dollars will buy you some good players who knows maybe <laughs> uh yeah i i'm excited i, I want to try windows 10 like Windows 8 was like I liked it from a philosophical standpoint. It's like, oh yeah, touch is the future. But I don't actually I don't it's not the future for me. Mm-hmm. Uh so maybe I was just bullshitting. But I want Windows 10 with Cortana and searching and integrating everything with an API to make a build my own Google Now sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah, I uh I use Windows 8 the same way I use Windows 7, meaning I don't use any of the extra added functionality. Um, And I think that would change in Windows 10. And Windows 10 is finally, I think, an operating system that makes me say, man, a convertible tablet laptop thing actually might make sense. It actually might be a cool idea, Um, not Mm -hmm. just some marketing gimmick to get me to buy a more expensive computer. All right. Well, if that's that, we're going to move on to another story. Uh, anything in here that particularly gets you guys going, or should we? Should I just pick one out of the pile? Don't all jump at once. It's your turn, Mike. Oh boy. <laughs> what's what's the, what's the one other one you want to talk about? Uh, the the dongle seems pretty interesting. Ah, uh, that's such a great word. The dongle. I I we uh, we are... we can we can keep it short, but it it yeah. Yeah, it's a dongle, and we've talked about dongles. We dingle dongle on the show all the time. And, um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to, to dongles, there's no shortage. There's the Fire TV stick. There's the Roku streaming stick. Uh, there's all these kind of little stick, Chromecast little devices you plug in your TV. allows them to be smart. Well, brilliant American corporation Walmart said, well, if everyone else is making a stick, we should probably make a stick. So they did. So now you can get the Voodoo Spark. Now, if you're not familiar with Voodoo, it is the streaming movie service Walmart bought many years ago uh, and that they own. And Walmart put out a $25 stick called the Voodoo Spark that you plug in your TV via HDMI. It has a remote and you can watch things on Voodoo with it. The problem is you can only watch things from Voodoo on it. 
And who uses Voodoo? I don't know anybody. No one uses Voodoo. And now, mind you, Voodoo is not a subscription service. It's not like a Netflix. It's more like an Amazon where you pay per movie, whether you're renting or buying. So it's really it's not even like Crackle or something, right? Yeah. You it, literally have to pay for it. You have to pay for a lot of the things. So okay. at $25, that's one thing. And in addition, at least in its early stages of launch, Walmart will give you $25 in movie credits over five months. So $5 a month over five months for purchasing it. So hypothetically, it's free. But at the same time, you can get a Chromecast for between 25 and 30 bucks. You can get a uh, Fire TV stick for 35 bucks. You can get a Roku streaming stick for 50 bucks. This is so fucking stupid. Like, honestly, I, I maybe the market is people who don't know better. I have to assume that's who's going to buy this. Otherwise, I, I don't I don't get it. I feel like Google goes at it right where, because like the Amazon one, you have to have at least an Amazon Prime so you can watch stuff. Roku... Yeah, you can get it, and you can stream YouTube for free, but then, you know, you also need, like, HBO Go, Amazon again, or Netflix. Or Google, you just buy it for the $35 it is. If you have whatever phone you have, you just download the Chromecast app, and you can stream whatever, and people are developing more stuff for it. So I think they have the right approach where it's kind of for everybody, where you don't need to shell out money after you've already bought it. Yeah, I think that's what each of these sticks have going for them, is they each serve different markets, which I think is awesome. Because Chromecast really is that sort of, you don't need a remote, you don't need a specific subscription, we're just going to let anyone who wants to play on it, play on it. Yeah, and you can use all of the existing technology that you already have. Right, and it's, it's based off current standards that a lot of other devices use, it's very smart that way. Yeah. Amazon went with the approach of, we're going to make the fastest stick out there. If you go by processor speed, nobody's faster than Amazon. Those devices are blazing. I know I've used them. They are great if that's what you're looking for. Roku's done it where they say, we're going to have the most channels available, and we're going to have the most robust content search, which they do. They have a wonderful content search. So it's really a different device for each person, but this voodoo spark does not fit in there at all even at 25 dollars, you could walmart could tell me it was free and i would not take one but maybe that's me maybe i'm not i, I would not describe myself as the walmart customer so <laughs> maybe that's you, very, you wouldn't elitist wow. of me i know i'm, I'm, you, a, you I'm think, above uh, roku's content search is better than amazon's content search um across across multiple platforms yeah I would, I would, I would believe it. Yeah, Roku put a ton of time working in with all the partners, and um, even before I do a web search, I'll do a search on my Roku. They they do a really good job, and and I've they search Voodoo as I'll, well. I'll have to try it next time. I've never used it, never bothered. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Do you have a Roku? My mom does. Your your mom's got good taste, Dan. <laughs> well, who bought it for her? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know who did <laughs> oh, you were playing at me right yeah <laughs> wow so nice of you mike oh my god i didn't get dan's mom he's, anything. he's a good guy he's a good guy um all right let's uh let's continue we can do one more story one more story and then we have to move on to picks what what is screaming for attention out of this lovely I, list i think of uh news? the google wireless one is probably the next biggest one 
I yeah. agree with that. Most of these other stories, we're going to have more on Snapchat's original content next week because the rumors are going to announce it tomorrow, so we'll talk about that then. Sky Mall going bankrupt, no one's surprised. Um, <sighs> Apple Watch have mediocre battery life, no one's surprised. Uh, let's talk about Google. It is rumored that Google is planning to launch a new wireless phone service in a vein of AT&T, T-Mobile, any of these services. Um it's believed it will be an MVNO, a oh god, what does that stand for? A mo- I don't know. Oh, I used to know what that stands. Anyway, an MVNO means you rent out someone else's network to host your own service. Boost Mobile, Straight Talk, uh, a lot of services. Virgin Mobile, they all rent other companies' towers and services and just host on top of it. It's believed Google will use a combination of T-Mobile and Sprint's networks. They're the two biggest MVNO resellers in the U.S. Um, to power their new wireless service. But also, Wall Street Journal is now reporting that it'll heavily use Wi-Fi as well. So it will default to Wi-Fi, whether you're at home or at work or as, you know if you've approved a public network. And when it can't use Wi-Fi is when it will actually use the Sprint and T-Mobile networks. That's basically all we know about it right now. Um, you know, we've heard rumors of this before, and they keep getting delayed. Um, there's no word on exactly when such a thing could be announced. Um, of course, the rumors are coming up now, so I don't think it's an entire surprise. Uh, thank you, Michael. You, you want to tell the world what MVNO stands for? You can, <laughs> you can have this one. Mobile Virtual Network Operator. There we go. Yeah, I felt bad for stealing Dan's thunder, so I don't want to step on anyone's toes anymore. So. You, you will never be invited <laughs> back. Uh, no, I, thank you. Um, so it's, so it's interesting. Google, uh, at one point, manufactured phones. They don't anymore, but they certainly uh, manage phone manufacturing to some degree uh, based on their ownership of the Android operating system. So, gentlemen, I will ask you this. What are your thoughts on Google launching a uh, wireless service? I've been waiting for this uh, for forever. Since I think when since we were Apple... like early college, at least. I remember we used to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Since when Apple originally launched the iPhone, their original plan was to have their own one of these, their own wireless carrier, which makes a lot of sense. And they should have done it. Um, And I was hoping that, remember when Google was bidding for that Spectrum and they bid in like multiples of Pi or whatever? I thought for sure it was going to happen then because Google has practically unlimited money, but not so much money as to outbid the combined forces of every other wireless carrier at the same time. Uh, so I've been waiting for this for a long time. I think, I hope Google knows that this would be a great way for them to push their net neutrality agenda. Uh, is to similar to how they have Google Fiber, like, oh, here's our vision, sort of like the Google Nexus of wireless carriers. Like, here's our vision of how wireless carriers should operate, and this is why it's so much better. Um, so uh, there's no way this will work. (laughs) And and here's why. It's a great idea. I want it to work. I hate the phone carriers. They blow. I am happy for Google or Amazon or eBay or whoever the hell else wants to put out a phone network. Great. My problem is a phone network is a service and it is essentially a utility. And when you turn on something like that, you require a whole nother level of marketing, of sales, of service, of support something Google has not done. Now, they've done it in small batches with Google Fiber, 
but nothing like a nationwide rollout of an entire network. If you think about it, even a Boost Mobile has physical stores. They they sell you physical phones. They have support and service. They've been around for a while. I think Google can do it, but this is like nothing they've done before, especially not at a nationwide scale, which is what it's believed this would roll out as. Um, so that that really is my question, is can they manage that properly? Because I think they really get one shot at it. And if they totally blow that aspect, it, they're done. Um, and I don't think people will trust them after that. I think I was, people I trust Google no matter what. <laughs> You you trust them no matter what, Mike? No, I think people do. They just trust Google. Interesting. They, they do. do that. They always come up really high on that brand trust scale or whatever that thing is called. Most world's most trusted brands, world's most respected brands. For me, it's the world's most valuable. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring up Google Fiber as the counterexample of they already have experience doing this, but it's not at a and nationwide scale, you're right. I think the, the the advantage Google has that other companies don't is piles of cash, right? They can spend their way out of a problem like this. It's just a matter of getting enough support staff and training them fast enough. And it wouldn't surprise me if Google pulls a Microsoft or an Apple and opens select retail locations in major cities, which I actually think might be a smart angle. Um if they're going to continue to push Android Wear and tablets and phones, even if they don't manufacture them, they can still highlight them um, and sell services on top of that. Um, I just, it's it's a it's a tall order, and a lot, a, so many MVNOs have come and failed over the years, a lot of them, because they come in, they think they can just turn on a phone service. It takes a lot of effort, so... I hope Google can figure it out because I would absolutely be a customer. And I love the idea of it being Wi-Fi first, which to me makes way more sense than um, doing everything over. Uh, it's cheaper for Google. It's cheaper for the consumer. And it just makes a lot of sense because most people at home or at work are around Wi-Fi most of their day. So um, I, I think that's It makes me wonder strategy. about, because in New York City, they want to turn a lot of the phone booths into Wi-Fi hotspots. So I wonder if this is all... Tying into some future plan greater than what it appears to be. Is that Google doing that? Yeah. Oh, you take yeah. All that... phone booths and turn yeah, there you go. Wi Fi. It'll be interesting to see. The, 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 the rumor is first half of this year uh, for the rollout. When is, uh, when is I, Google I.O.? That's what? Like, that's usually May or June, right? Yeah, it's usually in May or June. So uh, if if they were to announce it, that would I think that would make sense, right? Yep, because that could be a big showstopper at an event like that. Yeah, not as big as, as when they uh, dropped those people out of the Ugh. plane and skydived on the convention center. One, one but... of the best tech demos of all time. Please. Yeah, I stick a flag in that one. That yes, is right up definitely. there with the original Apple iPhone announcement for me in terms of just impact of event. Yeah, that was yeah. a great one. I should go back and yeah. watch that. Oh my god! Yeah, I bet it doesn't hold up as well. I would want to watch that again too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, very cool. Well, we're out of news. We're out of time for news. I'm sure there's more news, but we've got to move on because uh, you know, if this show goes any longer than an hour, uh, they they start charging more. Uh, so <laughs> let's continue. We've got some picks to go over. I'm going to volunteer to go first, and this week, um, I picked a blog, but not just any blog. 
This is, I swear, the blog I read more than any other blog on the internet, period. Wow. I am on this site every single day. And if you wonder where I get all of my stupid facts and all of my, like, dumb information, how does Sean know that? A lot of credit goes to these guys. It's 538. You may have heard of them before, um, mainly through their founder, Nate Silver. Uh, <laughs> the website was founded, was it the 2008 presidential election, I believe? Uh, 538. Is that the mathematician guy? The mathematician guy, exactly, who made stunningly accurate predictions for the 2008 and then the 2012 presidential elections. Uh, 538 actually being a reference to the total number of delegates available uh, in the Electoral College. Um, and he began by just correlating poll results and weighing them appropriately and coming up with accurate predictions. But over time, it's turned into like this media network. Um, it was actually purchased by... Um, I don't know if it was Disney Corporation that bought them. Somebody bought them. Um, they partner a lot with ESPN now. And essentially, it's just a statistics yeah, website. Yes. Um, it's just a statistics website. But they cover a lot of interesting areas. So they'll cover uh, sports rankings and sports statistics, like how a quarterback will do over time versus their, their statistical accuracy. They'll look at things uh, about how do you define a city based upon population statistics and how populations move. They'll look at the weather. They've had all kinds of things about the blizzard today. Mm. Um, a lot with politics, looking at likability for um, Republican candidates. This was an article today I'll just use as an example called Everybody Hates Chris Christie. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and it's an interesting where they compare the favorability to the name recognition of a candidate. Um and finds that there is actually a statistical correlation between the two and the fact that Christie is very well-known and not at all well-liked, which does not bode well for him as an eventual presidential nominee. So um, it's a really great site, 538, spelled out all letters, uh, .com. I, I recommend follow them on Twitter, subscribe. Uh, you'll learn way more things than you ever wanted to know. So uh, a, a must-read. And that is my pick. So let's continue on. I'm going to have Dan go next. We'll let, uh, we'll let Mike send us home after that. So, Dan, you, okay. you've got a dual pick. Uh, hit us. Yeah, a quick dual pick. So I watched Snowpiercer last night, which was appropriate. And uh, it was really good. So Snow Snowpiercer, you're laughing, Sean. Or were you choking on your, no, your vomit? No, I was, I was laughing at your joke about it snowing out and Snowpiercer. So oh, was, wow. I didn't think it was that funny. It was really yeah. funny, Dan. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's snowing here, if you hadn't heard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was. it's one of those action movies that doesn't manage to be terrible, which is actually pretty rare, taken in the corpus of all action movies of all time. Uh, it has some pretty... Pretty interesting commentary on uh, you know, where they think the world's going and climate change and all this stuff. And there's like some cool action scenes and it has a, some nice twists, which aren't entirely unexpected. It's just a, a good, solid movie to watch. It is, uh, as long as you can stand some pretty substantial blood and guts, inoffensive, action-packed, and, you know, kind of smart. So I would recommend watching Snowpiercer. It's streaming on Netflix for free. Uh, I also used Squarespace for the first time uh, to build my the new version of my website, dmiller.io, because I was tired of building it by hand 
even though I can build it by hand, I'm not very good at it. It always breaks, and I when it breaks, I don't want to update it again because in order to update, I have to fix it, and I don't want to do that. Uh, so I used Squarespace to build my 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 own site, and I resisted this for years and years because I thought, oh, I'm a technology person, I should use the HTML and the CSS and do it myself by hand, or I should write my own CMS in whatever. No, don't do that. Just Save your time for actual interesting things. No one wants to write a CMS. Uh, Squarespace.com, they're welcome to sponsor us if they want to. <laughs> wow. It is a beautiful site, Dan. It's, it's a Thank very... you. It was all, took a Squarespace template, modified it pretty heavily, but, you know, the, the basic idea was there. Yeah, I'll I'll just say two quick things on your picks. One, Snowpiercer, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh. Uh, if you uh-huh. needed even more confirmation that you should watch it, um, and two, uh, Coffee and Beer TV is hosted at uh, is all Squarespace. Squarespace powers our um, change mode and all of the RSS feeds and all the hosting for that. Uh, is but a- Colby and I were stupid enough to write DontPanic.io ourselves. Yeah, what were uh, they thinking? Um, <laughs> it's it's and a great it's website. really good, but we haven't updated it in over a year because because of that problem where things break slightly and you don't want to take the time to fix it to even begin to make a change. Yeah. yeah Sean is giving just, me a frustrated look. Let, let's just pray it never breaks. <laughs> That's, I'm I'll surprised stick that. it's worked as long as it has. Well, it's so simple, right? Isn't that the idea? Uh, yeah, it is pretty simple. It could be more simple, though. Our first website, the first version of this was even simpler. It didn't look any different, but that was simple. Yeah, you guys really jazzed it up. <laughs> nah, pretty maybe if we're lucky we'll get colors um <laughs> all right i kid uh mike let's continue on because you've got to pick and actually i have never seen this before so i am excited tell us about next glass all right so next glass is an app where you can scan the label on beer or wine um and they'll give you a rating on it um so when you sign up, you kind of flick through a bunch of beers selection or wines. Um, and if you've had them before, you rate them out of, I think, four stars. Um, so you go through a bunch and you can stop or keep going. Um, and they kind of get a flavor profile for you going. Um, they have some whole scientific thing behind it. Um, so um, I happen to have a beer here so I can show you. Um, so as you scan beers, they're using your, um, flavor profile to let you know the percentage of whether you would like this beer or not. It might not work. Oh, there we go. And it's kind of cool too, since we were talking about augmented reality, this kind of follows the beer around if it works. Not really though. (laughs) This is not working. Anyway. It kind of does. But um, so based on the beers you pick, um, it'll let you know, like, we give this a rating of 80 because of other things that you say you like. Um, So if you're not an IPA person and you scan one, they might be like, you're going to hate this. Um, So um, I have had some trouble with it, though, scanning in some of the Sam Adams seasonal stuff where it's not in their database. like I cold snap, I was trying to do it, and they couldn't even find it. Um, but I think users can add stuff going on. 
And I think uh, it has the capability to, you can add friends and stuff. So if you're at a party with a bunch of people, you can find out like a beer selection that everyone will like. So that's kind of a good feature, I think, for if you're just showing up at a party. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's uh, Next Glass. It's available at nextglass.co and is available for iOS and Android. So I'll get it yes. today, and I'm I'm going to assume it's free. Is that correct? That is correct. It is 100% free. Uh, so. that's, uh, that's great. Cool. But just like we needed an excuse to drink more, uh, now we have one. We should do yes. one of these days. I got to go through our list of all the picks we've done and do like a, a, not, not edit but just like group them together. Like all the alcohol apps and all of the, <laughs> cause I know we've done like 80, 20, a few. Yeah. Um, certainly. So, wow, that's it. We've done it. We've gotten to the end. Uh, I have to give a special thanks to, uh, very special someone for being here today, Dan Miller. Thank you for <laughs> bothering to show up, uh, <laughs> trekking in through all the snow. No, of course, we also have to thank uh, Mike. Thank you for uh, for being on the show. I hope you had as much fun as as uh, as we did. I did. I hope I didn't ruin the show. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say you ruined so, it. I, I think bit. I don't think that'd be fair. I think you enhanced it, honestly. And you know, it, it say it should Colby ever get hit by a bus? And listen, I don't want that to happen. I don't think anyone wants that to happen, right? That's worst case scenario. But we got a plan. He's in a for cab it. right now in San Francisco. In it's San not Pro. out of the realm of possibility. They, they have riots and earthquakes. It's a terrible he, place. He does live in Massachusetts, so. Hey, hey, you leave Massachusetts out of this, all right? Sean also lives in Massachusetts. I live in Massachusetts. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, leave, you, leave that, uh, you leave Massachusetts out of it. And actually, my, my big ending joke going for props is to, is to, to do some uh, Super Bowl. Ah. Go Pats. Go Pats. <laughs> Going to win the Super Bowl. Um, no, Michael, uh, thank you for being here. Is there anything you would like to let the folks uh, I, I always offer the tease to our guests. So if you want to promote anything, you have the opportunity. You might not, but this is your moment to shine. So anything you would <laughs> like to specifically. Oh, I, I don't think I have anything. Um, I can tell people to go visit Dan's new site, I guess. Um, <laughs> wow. How generous. It's pretty nice. I, I went on my phone on it. He's got some cool stuff going on so mike is really <laughs> impressed by the side swipe animation when you like pull out nice. the menu no 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 it's not that it's you hit like the menu button and then it like flips and turns into something else it's cool <laughs> weird css stuff going on i think nice. everyone should go to dmiller.io yes. <laughs> I wrote point. a new blog post and, and i hear there's going to be lots more in 2015 so yeah well there'll be at least one more no, at least two more, because I want to break my record. My record so far for blog posts in a year is two. So if I can hit three, you should do some guest posts. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Yeah, that doesn't count. I have to write at least one blog post a month in order to even entertain the possibility of guest posts. <laughs> Well, you got to start somewhere, and and Dan, I'm always happy to write about computers and junk for your website. So, uh, just saying, okay. just putting that out there. Uh, I want to thank all of you out there watching for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you, the fan. Uh, Don'tpanic.io is our website. Uh, as Dan plays with the new uh, beer app. Um, yeah. 
Don'tPanic.io, you can get all the links, audio, video. Uh, we keep the production values high, so it sounds and looks great for you, so you should check it out. Uh, also, subscribe, RSS, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, and all our social media, at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, as well, at the website, Don'tPanic.io. I think that's all of it. One other thing I want to quickly mention at the end of the show is that Coffee and Beer Podcast Network is launching a new show next week. <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! Whoa, What's it called? It's called the Goldilocks Zone, and if uh. and if that makes no sense to you, you should watch and find out what it means. Uh, it is a, a look back at all sorts of whatever we feel like, but we judge is the hype overrated, underrated, or appropriate? Do we remember things a little too fondly, or are things really as terrible as we as they seemed? Are the Beatles the best band of all time? Is Nickelback really that terrible? These questions and more will be answered each week. On the Goldilocks Zone, the website GoldilocksShow.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, and uh, first episode will be going up uh, end of this week, early next week. So look forward to that. Oh my goodness, I think that's enough. We, we, we've got to end this before it gets too out of control. So thank you all for watching. We'll see you next week with a new Don't Panic. But for now, we'll wish you a, a safe and warm good night.